to repentance and revival. Well, welcome once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith. Today we're going to continue with our subject of the resurrection. And I want to take you to a teaching that probably you're not familiar with. It's a Jewish tradition. It's a Jewish festival. It's called the First Fruits. And it ties in beautifully with the resurrection. But to understand it, we need to go through the week, the last week of our Savior here on earth. Before we get into all that, let me just quickly remind you, we're still in our fundraising campaign. We're trying to just do this in one week, folks, and I hope you'll help us do that. We still have, uh, we're not quite even halfway at our goal. $15,000 is our goal to raise. And so maybe you're out there and you've been waiting to the end to kind of see how things are shaping up. So would you help us with a generous donation to support this ministry, to keep us on the air? The number to call is 800-616-0082, 800-616-0082, or you can give safely, securely online at our website, fortressoffaith.com. That's fortressoffaith.com. Now, the crucifixion occurred on the Passover, which is a beautiful picture of what, what the Bible had laid out for us there so that wrath and God's judgment would not fall upon you, you had to trust in the blood. You had to take the blood of a lamb and to apply it to the post of your home. And this was the Passover that was done all the way back in Egypt that the Jews had been carrying out every year up until the time of Christ. This is a beautiful picture. Everything that we see unfold this week was in preparation of what Jesus Christ was going to do and pictured for us in many of the Jewish festivals and traditions that they would hold and were commanded to hold. So five days before the Passover, we have this. So this is now the 10th day of Nisan, the month of Nisan, and it's Palm Sunday. And the 10th day, five days before the actual day of the Passover, the high priest would leave with an entourage of other priests behind him, and they would make a procession out of the city, out of the gate of Damascus, find their way over into Bethlehem, and there was held the choicest of the lambs of the country. This is the best of the best. A selection process would be made to find the Pashka lamb, the lamb for the Passover, that its blood would then be brought there into the temple as a, an atonement for the sins of Israel. The high priest would leave, and this was done year after year after year after year. And when this procession had occurred, the high priest and the, and the others would leave and go find the Pashka lamb, and they would return with a group of lambs. Uh, preparing for the return, the Jews would then take palm branches and they would stand from the gate of Damascus and go all the way down and follow the road, the trail, all the way down to where the temple was located. And so they would line the streets either side and they would hold their branches and cry out, Hosanna to the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that is coming. Hosanna in the highest. And so this was what was done year after year after year. 
on the 10th day of Nisan in preparation for the Passover. Now, this was a special year. It was a jubilee year, the year that um, uh, the storing up of food would come into the country because the next year the fields wouldn't be allowed to be planted in and, and, and harvested. And so this was a very special year, and many people would come for that year in to celebrate the Passover. So the town, the city of Jerusalem was uh, filled to the gills, and many of the other towns and villages close by were choked with family and travelers to come in for the celebration. And some would come in just for Passover. Some would stay through the first fruits. Some would stay all 50 days up until Pentecost. So this is kind of like the beginning point of the week of celebration of Passover, and it would end with the first fruits. And so the high priest leaves and he goes with his entourage and the people begin to assemble and they've got their palm branches and and so on there and they're ready for the Paschal Lamb to enter into the city and they're ready to cry out Hosanna. And here shows up Jesus riding on a donkey with his disciples and the people cry out Hosanna to the highest. And they're identifying the Paschal Lamb, Jesus Christ, who was the very man when John the Baptist baptized him, said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the earth. A beautiful picture of a tradition that the Jews would hold in preparation for the Passover Lamb, Jesus Christ. The lamb would then be brought into the city and inspected and, and, and observed for four days. And Jesus there was openly observed in the temple there for four days and being inspected by the others. Of course, at the close of the 14th day, we had the Lord's Supper. Jesus took his disciples up to the upper room, and the, and the Lord is betrayed, and a tra- he's arrested, and the trial begins. And, and on the day, on the 15th day, the day of preparation, the day of the Passover, here we find Jesus Christ is crucified. And there he is. He's hanging on the cross. And uh, we come to, of course, their hour, the sixth hour would be our noon hour. The Bible says that the sky fell into darkness for three hours. Phlegon, the Roman astronomer, recorded this strange event and that lasted for three hours, and he said, For the day was turned into night that the stars appeared. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 45, the Bible reads, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over the land until the ninth. So this three-hour period fell of darkness. No doubt everyone was probably caught out in this and work stopped and everything ceased. When the light returned, no doubt the people returned back to their work, probably wondering what in the world had happened. We can assume that the priest returned back to their work, choosing the Paschka lamb and bringing its death and taking the blood and being ready to bring it into the temple for the sacrifice, the atonement of the sins of Israel. In the Bible, we're told in verse number 46 that at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Sometimes we get so caught up in the physical torments and suffering that Jesus um, endured while on that cross. But let us not forget the spiritual suffering and torment that our Savior was going through at this time. 
No doubt the devil probably thought he was, this was his opportunity to bring the death of God, to take him when he's at his weakest moment. He has uh, put himself out there as a physical man, as a human man, and maybe perhaps if he can kill this man, this would be the end of God. God. And no doubt the devil, Satan, and all the realm of, of the darkness of the of the realm of darkness probably threw their worst at God at this particular moment in the spiritual battle that Jesus Christ was enduring on that cross. Not only did he suffer there physically, not only did he suffer with the realm of evil being upon him, but he also suffered at the hand of God himself. God himself threw his wrath and fury on his son, Jesus Christ, to pay for the sins of the earth, to pay for your sin, my sin, our debt, our wrong, our crimes, not his, but ours, and not just ours, but the sins of the whole world for all time. So Jesus Christ suffered an immense torment on the cross when he cried and he said why hast thou forsaken me for the first time in the eternal existence of God himself the father turned his back on the son they were separated my God my God why hast thou forsaken me for God couldn't look upon sin as sin was placed upon the son the father had to separate himself that perhaps was some of the greatest of the torments that Jesus went through upon the cross. And now the Lord is dead. The Bible tells us in verse 50 that Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And at that same moment, verse 51, and behold, the veil in the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Now as the blood was brought into the temple to bring that sacrifice from the holy place into the holy of holies where the ark of the covenant where god resided where the spirit the shekinah glory of god rested there and the blood was brought in there by the high priest for the first time in the history of the temple and the tabernacle man common man now had access to god why because the blood that was shed on the cross was the true passover lamb which paid the sins of the earth. Now let me quickly hasten to get to the first fruits. Now we come to day 18 of Nisan. And this is the second of the major festivities that was done during this week, the first being the Passover. The other was the first fruits. The first fruits was a beautiful picture of life coming from death. In Deuteronomy chapter 26, we find very clear teaching that the Jews were to practice this Bikurim, the first fruits. And what is it? Every Israelite that possessed the means of agricultural productivity was under this obligation. They were to go into the field on this day. And as we look out there in the fields today, you'll see the sprouting of new life, the first fruits. And they were to take of that of their grain that was planted, that was put in the ground, which is a picture of death. And you and I both know through the science that you put a seed in the ground. In order for it to sprout into life, that seed must die. The seed is a picture of death. And first fruits is a picture of life coming from death. And I'm here to tell you 
that the beauty and the harmony of God's word that's woven all the way from the Old Testament into the New Testament shows us God's wonderful plan, God's wonderful message, and the harmony of it that just as Jesus resurrected from the grave, we have life coming from death. No doubt, on that morning of the day of first fruits, on the 18th day of Nisan, you had a priest filled with his rituals and tradition, got up early in the darkness of night and preparing himself for the duties that was before him. But there was another person who got up early that day. The Bible tells us her name was Mary Magdalene, and she gathered together the spices and the ointments to prepare for a burial. She gathers her friends, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, and Joanna, and other women, the Bible tells us, and they make their way through the streets, the empty streets of Jerusalem, and wondering how they're going to persuade the Romans to open up the grave so that they might anoint their Lord for proper burial. Meanwhile, at the same time, the priest has carefully made his way through the streets to the outside of the city, and he comes to the field, and he perhaps he comes to the barley fields first, and there he is looking and inspecting the ground, the soil for the first fruits, and he lifts and plucks that sprout out of the ground, probably about the same time that Mary and the other women discover that the Lord has risen from the grave. I'm here to tell you, the first fruits is a picture of resurrection, the picture of life coming from death. Oh, what a beautiful message we have. And oh, what a beautiful thing God has done for us on the cross to purchase our salvation. That's going to be it for today. Again, let me remind you of our phone number. Would you help us with a kind donation today? The number to call is 800-616-0082. Again, that's 800-616-0082.